Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls One Doc. It's your girl BD and Florence the fiance is on hiatus. So today we have another special guest. She is truly one of my favorite people ever. I actually had stopped recruiting for friends. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm good. All the slots have been taken. I have everyone I need. And then wow, bam, she came along and I was like, God's sake, got to remember another birthday. Uh, we lived together for a year in Manchester. I had an amazing time. She is my scouse slash scouse adjacent babe. She is an amazing <laughs> chef and she is ultimately the plant mum that I aspire to be. It is Vicky. Hey. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel very honoured. Yeah, I feel like we've mentioned you bad times as well, so it's, it's only right. Yeah, you know what? I feel like... I'm famous. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Um, also, I'm going to, because we have a lot of listeners who are not from the UK, and they may be confused by your accent because you do not sound like anyone who's ever been on this show That's probably to date. very true, yeah. And so, Sis is from, uh, I want to say Liverpool, but you're not from Liverpool. You can be like, no, actually, I'm from the Wirral. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, I'm from, like, Birmingham as well. <laughs> <laughs> Anything north of London, all their oh, accents that all please. say to me. But yeah, so she's from like next to Liverpool, innit? So if any Drag Race fans, it's where the Vivian's from. Yes. And also or Danny Beard. Beard. Yeah, course. yeah. You've got, some, you've got some heavy hitters on your side, Do you boy. know what? Liverpool just produced some winters. You've got the Beatles. Yeah, you, you guys Slam. are a charismatic bunch. Yeah, you got, guys are a charismatic bunch. Got good but yeah, folks. that's what that accent is, in case you were confused. Um, so today we're drinking. And because sis lives not in London, yeah, and I did not have the time no, the or the funds. facilities to all the funds to, to get all the way up there in it so we are recording remotely all right so we're not drinking the same thing i'm drinking obviously jammy red rue my red wine fave Come on. okay and Juice you look like you've done a little bottle. cocktail yeah you mm. look like you've done a little a little cocktail situation yeah i made myself a saint germain or jamar if you're french saint germain there we go what's that the football team in that football team Yes, Paris Saint-Germain. Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, look at you knowing football teams. Listen, a couple of sports documentaries, look at me. <laughs> you know I'll be knowing. My husband was actually asking um, if you would think about doing the FIFA documentary. I was going to do the FIFA one. I was actually going to do it with my sister because you know my sister's very yeah, into football. Yeah, she is, yeah. But it's four episodes. Oh, uh, you could do but a if it was just If it was just one documentary, mm. like I would have done it for sure, but four, docu- four, four episodes. Yeah, it's a bit long. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I have to get all these done before the wedding in it. So like, it's a lot. <laughs> Maybe in the future, who Maybe knows? In it, but I watched it. I watched it, and it, I watched it, and it was mad. Like I was like, rah. I still haven't watched it. You know, like, he keeps telling me like, oh, Vicky, you'd really enjoy it. Obviously, you should watch it. You should watch because even now with everything happening with the whole like, mm. oh, can they take alcohol there? Blah blah blah. It's kind of like rah. Like the way, yeah, like the way that the way that you man fought or like the Alcoholics. way they include me. It's crazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about the way, like, in terms of when they were assigning who was going to host oh, the games. right, yeah. You should it, watch that. Doc- if you guys haven't seen that FIFA, FIFA Uncovered, yeah, it's on Netflix. Amazing documentary. Yeah, I'll watch it. You should. But that's not the documentary we're doing today. No. Today, we are doing the boy band con, the Lou Perlman story. Now, this is a youtube documentary they um make documentaries now apparently i mean it's actually only a matter of time i guess it kind of makes sense yeah for them to have original documentaries i thought it was well um, done for youtube 
Yeah, for YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> there were certain times where I was like, oh. And apparently, Lance Bass, he uh, produced it. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in the credits. And it's like his first one. And I was like, oh, okay, well done to him. And like, it was his first one. So, like, I, I'm, I'm here yeah, for how it. Often do you know what I mean? Him. But yeah, exactly. But it's kind of like, okay, I, I, I want I want better from going forward, um, <laughs> essentially. But it was good. Like, it was good. So the documentary opens up with a montage of people talking about this guy called Lou Perlman. There's also audio that we hear of this Lou Perlman guy basically saying that like he never would have planned to hurt people, he never would have done this. And like all the talking heads are alternating between people saying he was either really amazing or he mm. was really horrible. And at this point it's like, what is going like What's what is the happening? Deal? Yeah, what is the deal? Like, what's going on? And then we hear on the audio Lou saying You know the old saying. Those that believe, no explanation is necessary. Those that don't believe, no explanation will suffice. And it's one of those things where it's like, mm, are you guilty? Are you looking funny in the light? Yeah, that's kind of like a weird kind of shady kind of comment, isn't it? Well, not comment, mm-hmm. but like, what do you mean? Because obviously at the end of the, of the documentary, you're like, okay, I get why he said that. Mm-hmm. But from the outset, you're looking and thinking, well, what could possibly why would somebody say something like this it just sounds bad yeah. it's just kind of like mm, okay something is amiss what happened exactly and so, i thought like he's like he's like obviously like it's not the a most well-produced you know documentary but like the storytelling i thought even with this kind of opening it kind of got you mm. quite intrigued it was good it was good it was it was well done especially considering like the story like there was a lot there was a lot of timelines and a lot of like things to piece together and i think i think they did it well i think you can just tell that it was a first documentary basically is what i'm trying to say so then we get what we can only assume is the intro right but the one (laughs) thing i love about this intro yeah is this nsync song it's like interspersed between the um don't you ever wonder why (laughs) this music gets you i literally was like nah i loved nsync you were nsync babe i loved them Whoa. like i remember there was one christmas and i got this like you know back then they used to have these like random like electronic toy things yeah Wait, what? and it kind of had like a little screen on it but like it had like an nsync song on it and you'd like oh. press the button and like a section of it would play yeah. i can't remember exactly what the toy was i know i wanted mean. it so bad is it ringing a bell like i feel like i don't know if mcdonald's used to do toys like that as well you remember when they used to have like amazing oh, toys? like little ones i don't know this one was like my parents had to go out and buy it. i remember yeah, it and i no, loved it, like, it obviously it wasn't on the same level it was like mini but it's a similar thing yeah. they used to do them sorts of like yeah it was oh, it was so, i loved nsync so as in i was like nah their music actually bangs like even till today yeah when this because in this documentary like bare music comes up and i'm just like right nah what it a time to be alive it just takes you back. Do you know what? Like, like I liked NSYNC and I liked Backstreet Boys, but I was same. I was a blue babe. Like, ah. Oh wow, you're really, really uh, a UK babe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, apparently. Northern through and through. Is that the one? That's the one with Simon in it. The black Simon guy. Webb. Yeah. What song did they sing? What's their What's their main song? Um. Oh my gosh, you're really testing me. Blue, blue. Listen, we have Google. Let me go and check. Simon Webb. That's it. Yeah, Simon Webb and there's Anthony. All rise. All rise. For the money and the prize. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Stay alive. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? They actually were. They I actually will were. Survive. Yeah, they were amazing. That, do you know what? That boy band era was like, or band era. Because remember Big Bro? This is Big Bro. Oh, yes. Big taking over the show. I actually show. still listen to them, you know. <laughs> they are one of my playlists. <laughs> the British the British bands. I know that's not what we're here for, but the British they bands. Really like, they did. It. And then we had Mystique. So, so, so scandalous. scandalous. We had S-Pop 7. They were unbelievable. I mean, obviously, Spice Girls. Oh, come on. You can't, come on. You can't talk about Sugar bands. Babes. Yeah, Sugar Babes were actually my guys. And I actually liked, you. I liked it with Mutia and I also liked it with Siobhan. Yeah, I just remember Keisha and then everyone else was kind of interchangeable. Yeah, Keisha was the consistent one. She was the one yeah. from the very, very beginning. So I don't really, I don't remember which albums had which other yeah, people on it, yeah. but I just remember that like they, yeah, they... Keisha was that bitch basically oh. but yeah no like I was definitely an NSYNC babe like I'm Backstreet Boys I love Backstreet Boys too but I think if I had to choose one back then I really was an NSYNC babe and so it's crazy like growing up and watching this documentary hearing what was going mm. on behind the scenes like we were just out here buying albums and dancing yeah. and making up routines and stuff these times these men were fighting for their lives <laughs> you know what I, I remember watching it and like because I was on the train coming back from London I was watching it and I was like trying really hard to like conceal my shock because I was it was yeah. like a busy train it was like and, 8 and PM. Then, 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 listener Vicky is a very dramatic babe like <laughs> Vicky is someone who like gasps audibly, audibly. like audibly like, like for the smallest things like all the time so I can only imagine you being on the train yeah in the, in the silent carriage um, I was really really <laughs> trying like to hold my facial because it was like everyone every seat was taken it was crowded people oh, were standing packed, yeah. it was like a, it was a Friday evening at 8pm everyone of was coming back yeah. up north so it was busy and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then like, when certain things happened, my mouth just dropped. And the lady yeah. next to me was just like, what? What is wrong with this What girl? are you watching? <laughs> you might as well put your captions on so she can watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a crazy, it is a crazy, it's just crazy to think that these things were happening. But mm. it's not surprising considering the music industry. But obviously yeah. it's only now that people are aware of like how fucked the music industry is. And the lengths then, people go to like dupe folks and like, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so Lou Pearlman, he was a guy responsible for a lot of the boy bands in the early 2000s. He's described as being the Barry Gordy of his time. And so when they said that, I was like, okay, this kind of puts it into perspective mm. because like Barry Gordon, Motown, hello, like big yeah, names. That's big, kind of what Lou yeah. Pearlman, yeah, was, but just like creepier. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a lot of talking heads in this documentary, and like not all of them, in my opinion, are relevant yep i only wrote down the names that i needed to write down <laughs> so exactly and so the first one i wrote down was this lady called laurie majewski who is the founder or co-founder of team people magazine and she at like a glance i know you're not like a real housewife babe but for my real housewives babes out there yeah she kind of looks like sutton from real housewives of beverly hills like when i when she was first on screen i was like oh sutton is that you mm. and then like i looked at her properly i was like okay yeah no it's definitely not her and mm. um, but yeah we're, we're at the point in the documentary where they're sort of setting the scene right so we're learning all about this lou perlman guy and laurie's basically saying like whatever you expect a music mogul to act like look like be like lou is basically the opposite yeah very and someone much. else describes him as a cherubic little guy Ugh. and i think that was so rude you know but very accurate as a child a hundred percent i see that yeah like you can imagine with the wings isn't yeah it? The like very like chubby round like cute yeah, rotund 
Yeah, redundant. That's a very, very good description. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> so now we see AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Um, and he says that if Lou wasn't in music, he would have made a really great car salesman. And I think mm. that this is another really accurate description of him because he kind of gives like sleazy car salesman. Yeah, like, that, like He's not well put together. Yeah. yeah, very slippery, slippery fish. Like, And he he's a big guy, but that's not the problem. The problem is that like he doesn't dress for his size. It's like his clothes are either too baggy or too tight. Like... Mm. The shirts are tucked in, but then, like, he just looks a bit disheveled all the time. Like, <laughs> every clip we see of him, it's like, bro, like, get it together. I think, like, like some people kind of said he was kind of like a big kid, wasn't he? Like, yeah. didn't really grow up. Uh, I think everyone is like their inner child. Yeah, deep down. Like, it's like he, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it, we'll get into him. But he has a really nice house with a pool, like, nice cars. He's got a limo, drive, a limo driver. And like he'd ha- always have these parties for like the boy bands, and it kind of seems like oh, do you know what? Like he seems like a really nice guy, but really it's like he wanted to be wanted so bad. It's like he wanted people to like want him or love him or like mm. want to be friends with him. He's kind of a beg, so it's kind of like oh, if I have all these things, Damn. people will be attracted to me, and then they'll like me if not for who I am, but for what I can afford them, sort of thing. That's the vibe that it's giving. Yeah, he's very, it's very much transactional in his relationships. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so people are getting things and he's getting, like, attention. So, like, that's the... <laughs> Makes him feel better. Makes him feel good. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's sad, but hey-ho. It's sad, but he's a bad man. <laughs> so Lance Bass is here and so is his mum. And they're basically talking about the first time they met Lou. He's promising them the world, you know, selling them dreams. And Lance is 16 at this time and he's buying it and so is his mum. Now we learn about Transcontinental Records, Okay. Uh, this is Lou's record company based in Orlando, Florida. And like, I have nothing against Orlando, Florida, but like the talking heads are like, mate, it's like the poor man's LA. Like, why would you, why would you set up a radio, um, a radio, a record company in Orlando? But like Lou uses this as like his breeding ground. Like this is where he's making the boy bands. It's just so random, isn't it? Like, why would you choose Orlando? It's like Disneyland. Well, someone says actually in the documentary that there's Disneyland is there, so a lot of like young performers get yeah, end up getting gigs at Disneyland. Yeah. So it's like easy to find people who want that to makes be sense. Yeah, like who have talent and want to be more than what they're doing. So I don't know. Maybe it was like just convenient for him to be there, and maybe. then everything else worked out. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. It's just like not where you think of when you think of like show business and you think of like the yeah. music and entertainment industry at all but at i all. think from the perspective of like trying to find young talent who are desperate you know to make it mm-hmm. and it disney sense. is there and you've got like a lot of these young stars probably started off on stage or like being characters on these disney shows and actually in the um theme park I can kind of see how it would I can be possible. see it, but I don't think that's the reason you go to Orlando. No. I think that's like a happy co- a happy accident. Yeah, like, like a happy out. coincidence. Yeah. Because if you go to LA, there's going to be bare people who are getting rejected from like roles yeah. and stuff like that. Because people go and to, to LA like, to cool. be famous. Exactly, exactly. So I think Orlando, it wasn't like, oh, he's a super genius and he was like, yeah, great, actually, I'm going to go here because of this. I think he went there and it was like, oh, actually, yeah, this works out too. Before this whole music situation, yeah, Lou used to charter planes for famous people and famous bands. One such band was New Kids on the Block. Mm. And this bit, yeah, they played that song. Step by step, ooh, baby, gonna get to you, girl. I was like, no, there's so <laughs> many. But I was getting so, many so like, I literally was getting 
fam, I was they then they played yeah um pretty mama if you're single single you don't gotta be alone tonight i remember when that song came out i was in secondary school yeah and it's got neo it's neo it's a neo feature it's like when they were trying to come back like they were older I've, i don't think i remember hearing that song you know oh, i remember it i loved it so much like when they because they were a bit older yeah and i was thinking who are these white men like <laughs> doing a body band yeah and they, they had that good. song with neo yeah, yeah. they had that song with neo they it was so good. good and i loved it so much and i was like this documentary like i was taking music break every time i'd watch and the song would come up like, oh my god like Throwbacks. and I'd, I'd go on youtube and i'd like go and look at the <laughs> yeah but yeah fam i need to add these all to the playlist but yeah it, it's it's <sighs> such such good time it was such a great time with music I know, like, we were like young as well like we were, we were young like, literally nothing to no worry about worries nothing to deal None. with just like oh this literally. is fun i like watching Ooh, mtv yeah. and like watching let VH1. me go on LimeWire and illegally download oh these songs <laughs> but then getting the soldier boy cranked that song <laughs> you <laughs> it's like neo so so in love with whatever the song is and then it's actually soldier boy Man. It's like Neo underscore so underscore uh, in underscore love <laughs> underscore MP3. <laughs> and then you just say do do do. So to boy tell him. Like again. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a modern day Rick Roll. That was. It was. No, that was a cheap from. That was actually a cheap. Oh, I loved I loved Soldier Boy back in the day with his tippet glasses. I was like, yeah, that's a bit of me, man. Yeah, me that's too. That's a bit of me. It's still my spec. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we see this clip of Lou being like, rah, like, these kids must be making a lot of money to be able to charter a plane. So just like that, he decides, oh, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get involved, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm gonna make my own boy band because clearly boy bands That's are making their the money, money if is, this yeah. boy band exactly can charter a plane. So now we hear the rules of putting a boy band together. Oh yeah, there's like a little recipe. A boy band is usually five, sometimes three, never four, for some reason, unless somebody leaves. Usually no instruments, uh, sort of club tracks that would have been huge in Europe a few years before, some involved choreography. All five members have five distinct personalities. They just had incredible charisma, you know? And a 13-year-old girl will lose her mind. So a band is usually five, sometimes three, never four, unless someone leaves. <laughs> Which is really true. Yeah, it's true. I think it must be like a symmetry thing. Yeah, but then four is, is there's gotta be a lead, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, and you can have, have a lead in the middle. But then I think Pussycat Dolls had like, there was like six of them in it. But it yeah, was but weird it was because, <laughs> it was weird because Nicole was, <laughs> she was there. She, she routinely told them to turn the mics off. <laughs> Nicole, I'm waiting for the documentary about her. I'm not going to lie. It should have been Nicole and the Pussycat Dolls. That's what the band should have yeah, been called. That's what it should have been. That's what it should have been. That's what it should have been. So now this is my favorite part of the documentary, yeah? Because they play um, The Call, that Backstreet Boys song. Listen, baby, I'm sorry. Mm. Wanna tell you, don't worry. I won't be like. Oh, I loved that song so <laughs> much. Like, I loved it so much. It's my favorite Backstreet Boys song. Ever. And I remember the music video because it was so dramatic. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm going to a place nearby. Gotta go, you know? It was very like, oh my God. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> What's gonna happen? It was such a great, that's such a great song. I was like, no, nah, amazing. <sighs> I loved my <laughs> So now we learn, and it's so funny because I don't know any of these niggas' names. Like, if I, I could walk past them in the street, I wouldn't know a thing. Yeah. Like, literally. The only one that I recognize is Nick Carter. I didn't even remember. I only remember. I remember Nick by way of Aaron, basically. Yeah, because Aaron was like our, yeah. not our age, but yeah, like, kind he of. was like our 
our age. But yeah, AJ McLean is basically telling us that he auditioned for the Backstreet Boys and he got it. And then the rest of them, it was just kind of word of mouth or someone knew someone, two mm. of them are cousins and basically that was the group, yeah. And then Nick Carter, as Vicky mentioned, is also in the group. He's the brother of Aaron Carter, who is actually in this documentary quite a bit and mm. it's really sad to watch, especially because like now we know that he's died, yeah. so RIP to him. Yeah. He was only 34, you know? Yeah, he's really young. Like, That's really crazy. Young. Yeah. But then when you think about it, because it feels like he's been around forever and he has. But I guess he was a child star. Child, like from when yeah. he was nine, I think he yeah. started. Him and his brother, like when from when they were kids, they were just in the limelight. So that was Backstreet Boys. Next, we hear about how NSYNC was formed. And so Justin is probably the most famous one at the time because he was on the Mickey Mouse Club with Britney. Yeah. And then Lance was like the last one to join and the only one to actually audition, audition, because basically everyone knew each other and they were just like, oh, we need like the a last person. So that's how the biggest groups were formed. Right. And like as trash as this Lou Pearlman guy is, we come to find out he's responsible for some of these amazing hits that like two of the biggest love. boy bands ever because literally two of the biggest boy bands ever exactly. and even the blueprint of like boy bands you know yeah yeah and even something else he created that comes up later on that i was like rah was that you mm-hmm. so lou creates a boot camp for both bands right they learn how to dance sing in this like aircraft bunker thing there's no ac like they rehearse six to eight hours a day and even though it's a lot, like it's a lot of work they're putting in, they really enjoy it. And like, they're having a great time and they are loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it like this, yeah. Lou is kind of like a father figure to them and he always pays for everything. He takes them to expensive restaurants all the time and he kind of shows them like, look, like this is what success looks like. Like this is what your life could be if you keep working hard, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? wrong so the Backstreet Boys are it like they released their first US album and they blow and it's crazy and at this time NSYNC are kind of like struggling they're kind of like the little brother sort of thing because Lou's putting everything into Backstreet Boys and he doesn't want to upset Backstreet Boys by promoting NSYNC so it's kind of like you know like he tells NSYNC like listen I'll get to you but like I just don't want to make Backstreet Boys upset and there's this old video footage yeah of NSYNC and you can hear like Justin Timberlake talking with his true proper motherfucking country, country yes. proper country like no, there's, there's two out there for real look out there it's not for real oh, okay. I'm serious with that no look that way see him he's like no there's two of them out there look for real like they're out there look and I'm like and he's like Miss Dar it's like this is the Justin Timberlake here that I think of and remember because it's like right now you're Hollywood JT yeah, now yeah. you're Hollywood where did your accent go bro that's pre-justified <laughs> mate that's making mouse club J- Justin Timberlake I feel like it must be like when he's like really tired or like just woken up his accent it must comes out through. yeah yeah it must do because that was thickums mm. <laughs> I mean he was probably like what 17 then 16 yeah maybe even younger yeah, yeah. Um, so we get the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC comparisons. Backstreet Boys are more vocal, crazy harmonies. It's more like dark clothing, you know, more like grown. Like and bad. this is how I felt about it back in the day. Yeah, and NSYNC are bright, vibrant pop. Like they're all about the dance moves and the cha cha cha, one, two, three, four kind of vibe. Yeah, they're more fun, aren't they? They're more fun, which is a bit of me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can see why you gravitated more to them. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I think because like, I liked Backstreet Boys, but in my head I was like. Yeah, but I'm a baby girl, and so you know, you had your crop just, tops and your groovy chick literally, <laughs> and doing up dance routines and that. I wasn't out here singing ballads. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to have a good time. I was a young babe, so um, 
one day, yeah, and this is how your destiny can just change overnight. Backstreet Boys turned down this Disney performance, and they they're not being stush like mm. they're just tired. Yeah, They've been doing a lot, months and months and months of concert touring, Literally. constantly rehearsing. Just they're like tired. one day off, please. Literally, please, can I rest? Can mm. I live? You know, dear yeah. Lord, can I live? Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, NSYNC are like, great, yep, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll have some of that. And then this Boom. performance airs on Disney all day, every day. And like, that's the big. It's like the snowball effect yeah. begins. So they go from selling 5,000 units a week to 50,000 units a week. Yeah. Amazing. So deep it, Backstreet Boys was the original gangster, yeah? And now their competition, their baby bro and sync is now on their necks because they declined Fun. that Disney show. And on top of that, NSYNC's manager is their manager. Like, is this not a conflict of interest? The betrayal. It's wild, because yeah. it's like, I get that he, he wants both to succeed, but it's like they're literally in direct competition. It's like it's like being head of Pepsi and being head of Coke. Fam. But, what are you, you business-wise, for him, it's a yeah. really, really good idea. Fam, for him, yeah, but the thing is, the Pepsi and the Coke is actually a really bad comparison, because the, the Coke cans and the Pepsi cans aren't going to beat each other. yeah. You, and then, and then, and they're not going to beef each other like yeah. the inanimate objects. This, these are human beings, yeah. yeah. Who he literally is like pitting them against yeah. each other. He's chatting shit about one to the other, Man. and it's like he he didn't have to do that. Like everyone could have just been happy and been like, yeah, we're all just gonna. I don't know. He, he his whole thing with the Coke and Pepsi thing was like, look, like if I've got Coke, someone's gonna make Pepsi. Why don't I just make Pepsi and benefit from it? Which I I get business like, wise, it makes way. sense. Yeah. It makes sense. But, but then, like, morally... morally <laughs> like, yeah, kind moral, of a bit wonky. I'm yeah. looking at you somehow. You're looking very funny in the light, yeah. But I think, like, do you think there is a way that he could have done it where it was it felt more, like, honest? Because, like, I don't necessarily see the problem with, like, there being competition for Backstreet Boys like mm-hmm. it's normal for yeah. somebody else to make a product similar to yours in business and, that's, and it's not a big deal it's like yeah cool but this is our I product I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong yeah. but I think it's the it's the manager part of it yeah. and him just being a dickhead because if they were under the same label yeah it's and it's two boy bands it, what's wrong with that nothing yeah. and also th- yes they're boy bands so they're kind of trying to draw the same crowd but not really because NSYNC, they're completely different. The sound you know is I mean? different, the look is different. The sound is different, the look is different, the vibe is different. Were older. They were more mature. Yeah. So it's like you could just just market them differently. Mm. I think the main issue was Lou chatting shit about one to the other. Yeah. And basically, I think what it was is Lou spreading himself thin as a manager, yeah? And then instead of saying, yeah, I can't handle this, you find new management or you find new management, it was like, oh, yeah, the reason I couldn't do this for you is because Backstreet Boys wouldn't let me. Or the reason I couldn't do this for you is because NSYNC wouldn't let me. Mm. And it's like, no, maybe you just didn't have the capacity to do both. And now you're you're playing. I kind of feel like he was lying about that, though, because, like, they still had their own managers. Like, there was that black guy and there was that woman who managed both of them separately. Like, they were also part of the management team. So I feel like... He was, to me, like, his role in everything was, like, financier, organiser, sort of, like, the reason, like, the catalyst, almost. Mm-hmm. But then, like, in terms of, like, the day-to-day running, I do think that he wasn't on his own. What, Lou? Yeah, like, he was, he obviously yeah. had people yeah, supporting him. Because yeah. there's so much work to be done, like, you can't, he just can't be But I do think that, that he was trying to minimise the amount of help that he had, because then he could profit more. Keep more in his pocket, yeah. Exactly. That's probably also true. 
and and also we hear about like how much money like he made um and sync we're bringing in yeah. because it's not like and she and lois again i'll talk in head like she makes the comparison but listen like it's not like today where you like stream a song maybe you'll buy one single a year if that yeah back then people were buying hella singles it's, un- a week. it's inconceivable how much music like consumption has changed yeah like it's crazy just from just because of streaming like yeah it's changed everything yeah because you would literally i remember asking for albums for christmas even Most iTunes when it started, you would pay like ninety nine, ninety nine p or something for a song. You actually buy, yeah. A song. Like in iTunes, like if you wanted to buy the whole album, you'd buy the whole album so yeah. that you have it. But then the whole like, album was like four ninety nine. Yeah, right now it's like minimum eight ninety nine, ten pounds. It's not the same. It's, 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 it's just crazy. And, and that even was the, with the whole like streaming, listen. like one stream is worth like point zero 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 pounds or whatever yes. it is. Yeah, it's like who came up with that? Who, where who did decided? That come from? Yeah, who decided? Like there must be some formula somebody just kind of made up, and then like that was it's it. It's arbitrary. I think someone just made yeah. it up, and then everyone just ran with it. Yeah, but like even if you obviously you can still buy music now, but like it doesn't make sense to buy every single piece of music that you're going to listen to yeah like i still really like to buy albums and i still Mm -hmm. do it but like i buy the album that i know that i love whereas i used to buy albums because i like the artist and i would just find out if the album was good after i bought it yeah do you know what i mean but like now you can kind of like preview and you can listen on spotify or apple music or whatever and you have so many options Mm. as well it's like why am I buying this one album and committing to this one album when I can literally listen to a playlist that Spotify has made just for me? Yeah. Or I can just like listen to, yeah, it is different. I mean, I, I it'd be nice to speak to like an artist and like see like how From it affects them. But yeah. maybe I'll ask Quakey. <laughs> so um, we learned about how much money they made, like NSYNC made. That yeah. was mad. So they get a per diem. So it's $35 a day. Which doesn't actually sound like a lot, but bearing in mind everything in their life was free, like accommodation, mm. dinner, they're not paying for any of that, they're not paying bills. And also thirty five dollars back then was definitely more than it was now. Yeah, but I still it still feels like a slap in the face, doesn't it? Oh yeah, don't worry, they get slapped <laughs> again. <laughs> no, but even even like just that thirty five pounds a day. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's obviously like you said, money was And they're young and everything, so fine, but like when you deep it's like all of this is like for right now. How are you going to save for your future? Mm. How what are you going to put into your pension? That's, like, that's where the slap in the face comes into it. Yeah. Uh speaking of slaps in the face, we're at this point where Lou is doing this check presentation. This is what he calls it, right? So <laughs> he's gonna fly them all out to LA for a dinner and basically present them with like how much money they've made from selling all these records, yeah. And he takes them to a very lavish dinner. He invites their families. And at this point, like, just for context, yeah, they've sold over 10 million records. 10 million. Big, big bang, you know. yeah. 10 million records, yeah. So even if each record sold for, like, 50 cents, that's, like, $5 million, yeah. <sighs> Split five ways, it's, like, 1 million, yeah. If you even include the cost of stuff, maybe they get 200K, yeah. Everyone's mm. expecting bare money. And, like, they're just, like, so excited, so he opens up the envelope here he sees the check and his heart sunk the check was ten thousand dollars and not to sound ungrateful because ten thousand dollars is a lot of money but when you compare it to how many hours that we had put in to this group for years 
It didn't even touch minimum wage at all. These men get ten thousand dollars. Ten grand. Are you alright? That truly is. Is a slap everyone in the okay? Face. Yeah. That's a slap in the face and a kick in the balls. Because honestly, <laughs> Lance makes a really good point, yeah, because he's like, when you look at how many hours they put in over the years, they were rehearsing six to eight hours a day this in is that like bunker. Three hours straight, isn't it? I mean sorry, three yeah. years straight. Yeah. Literally touring, doing everything. That's not even minimum wage. They say this, and it's not even to be disrespectful or superior, but if they had worked in Starbucks full-time for those three years, they would have made way more than that. Yeah, you would have made like 25 grand per year. Per year. I mean, obviously then you have to pay tax and all that kind of stuff. And like, they How were, much would the tax man take? But they were also like, like you said earlier, they were living this lifestyle. They had private jets, they had all these nice food, and like... Obviously, the 10 grand is trash. Like, that's rubbish because of how much mm. money they made in terms of sales and tickets, yeah. sales, blah, blah, blah. How much money they made Lou. Yeah. Compared well, to how much they made exactly. themselves. But I still feel like, you know, the amount of money that they would have spent on rent, on accommodation, on travel, on their just normal food expenses, it, they, I mean, it, Listen. What we find the out reason comes to light that they were robbed, listen, didn't it? But <laughs> I, I, I. Spoiler alert. I think though that like the reason why it's fucked is because if even if you had given me, say for example, they all would have gotten two hundred thousand. Yeah. If you'd given me my two hundred thousand, yeah, I can decide. Maybe I don't want to take a private exactly. jet. Exactly. Maybe I want to fly economy. Yeah. Maybe I actually want to share an apartment with someone. Yeah. Maybe I want to. You've not given me this. You literally the have made to spend my money decisions. how I want to yeah like you you're you're like because even bachelor boys they're like hold on a second our checks are looking kind of light as well mm. like and for them they're older than the nsync lot yeah not they can't afford their apartments they can't afford their cars like mm. and it's crazy because it's mad if you can't afford your life in general but now you're famous so you can't even get like a normal part-time job it's embarrassing. imagine going and seeing aj mclean giving you starbucks but you just saw him performing at the whatever awards he's like at the drive-thru mcdonald's like hey can i take your like, order this is what i'm saying it's crazy so and this is what i'm saying about like fame and not even fame but more like hyper visibility yeah a lot of people want to be like hyper visible and like known in the scene or whatever whatever that doesn't necessarily mean you have money so now you're a normal person mm. and bare people know who you are it's weird. It must be And it's really like people weird. think that... It's so weird. People think that because you're hyper-visible, you've got money. So even when... Even like here, like in the UK, yeah? When they have all these events and stuff and people are talking about what people are wearing and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, bro, if I got invited to a gala now, yeah? I'm going to my wardrobe to look for something. Do you think I have money to go and mm. get a specially made garment? But the thing is that being hyper-visible and that invitation allows you access to stuff that you wouldn't usually have so you could approach a designer house and say hey i'm going to be on the red carpet what can you loan me but this is the difference between being hyper visible and being famous yeah when you're hyper visible there is not the privilege attached to yeah. it you're just bait Do you yeah, know what i mean so. like but I when guess, you're famous i guess you can you're get a smaller brand with the privilege mm. do you get what i mean yeah you, you, i so mean it's, it's, it just depends on the level of audience that you have because i feel like there are certain like hyper visible people who are maybe influencers that you know aren't famous like my mom yeah. wouldn't know who they are but that's true they could actually get a yeah that's true house of cb dress for free or they could get a there's like levels to it yeah like you know they could get a kai collection dress for free like they could get 
decent brands like i'm not i'm yeah. not saying those to be like to belittle those brands they're not small no no, brands, no 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 yeah but like, like, I love me a kai. yeah but it's not like chanel or it's not like a givenchy or it's yeah, not like lv or whatever but they could yeah. still walk in and say that's true hey i have two i think that followers. that's so- yeah, Can it's like address? there's levels yeah. to the hyper visibility, yeah. levels to the fame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so either way, these men are screwed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this bit confused me, yeah, and I want to know if it confused you too because one of the NSYNC members, I think it's JC. I don't. JC Charles yeah. A. Yeah, <laughs> I heard something really funny about him. What? So apparently, after um, NSYNC broke up. And obviously Justin Timberlake did Justified and the album was amazing and everyone was like, oh mm. my God, this guy. And he blew. He mm. was actually, I think, out of NSYNC, he's got the best voice. Who? JC has the best voice. He's, okay. His voice is better than Justin Timberlake's. Mm-hmm. I just think he's not got the the look. Star factor. Yeah, he doesn't have that, unfortunately. But, it beats like that sometimes. But his you know. sometimes he just is fantastic. Like he writes lots of music. He produces. He's, he probably does write for people. He's very talented. Yeah, and he's on lots. This of is credits. my dream: is to just write <laughs> to for be people rich, and collect royalty checks. <laughs> and nobody knows my name's in the credits. I'm collecting royalty checks yeah. every month, and I live my life. I can go to yeah. Asda, no problem. Yeah, Ugh, Asda. Come on, MNS waitress. MNS. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot who I was. <laughs> I forgot who I was. It was the same price these days, from basically. <laughs> <laughs> waitress I'm there <laughs> you know what waitress isn't that bad yeah it's expensive but I'm, not, but I'm, not, it's, I'm it's not pretending it's not as cheap but it's not but actually do you know what bad. someone was saying that like all these cheap places like Lidl, Aldi and that yeah are like becoming more expensive mm. because of the cost of living but Marks and Spencers are now staying the same because they're always expensive mm. so like, it's not it's not the prices aren't rising by much so it's like because there's not that much of a difference now in prices between Lidl and M&S why am I going Lidl I might as well go M&S yeah and get a nicer quality but then also the, yeah. the thing that's interesting is that like if you get like an Asda's own sandwich and mm. an M&S own sandwich Mm-hmm. It could be the same factory that makes both those sandwiches and just puts different packaging on. So you oh, have this it? perception of, oh, M&S quality is so much better versus Asda. And it could be that's true. But like they might use different way. ingredients. It is true. Yeah. But oftentimes the same people make those products. Yeah. But like, that's like saying, oh, there's a factory where they make Louis Vuitton bags and they make Shein bags. Okay. Yeah. But the the patterns are different the material is different like everything's different Possibly. that's fine because they're made in the same place i mean it's not like it's like what's that thing they call it where like you basically i don't know there's a word for it but basically say you have a fashion brand and i have a fashion brand oh i think it's like a something label anyway so say we both have a fashion brand yeah mm. and then like we basically go to the same factory mm. and like i we all order the same basically designs and then i'll put like like what she, like, like what charade did uh, she by charade. <laughs> i put my star on it to say oh yeah this she is by Bidi, she yeah. Yeah. She and then Bidi. you put yours she by vicky yeah and then it's like the same the same thing it's called the something design's slightly different i know what, but the design I, I know what is, you mean yeah yeah the design is basically the same it's not like that where they just make the same sandwiches and then they just put their branding like yeah, i don't think that, it's out of that does happen uh, i mean i i would i can believe that it happens I just, I guess the things that I have had from M&S. Definitely like, better okay, quality, cool. yeah. I'm like, okay, cool, I hear it, I yeah, hear it. And it took yeah. me a long time to come to terms with. Then I was like, rah, like, this is actually going into your body. Do you not want to spend a little bit more? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you can. If you can afford it, yeah. There's yeah, some things I'm still going to get from Lidl. Yeah, certain things. But 
but certain things I'm yeah. like yeah okay cool it makes sense Definitely. yeah but sorry so I was saying about JCG Chazé um, so obviously Justin Timberlake's album went whatever double platinum yeah I don't, I don't know if it did but probably and <laughs> he then got a record deal what and, JC yeah and he wanted mm-hmm. to basically write this album not to compete with Justin Timberlake but like I'm but doing I'm you know I'm success I'm not not successful I'm talented as well da, 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 I can do mm-hmm. my own thing so yeah. he starts writing this album and it apparently is very it's very good but the record label say okay Justin is kind of blown right now in order for you to be able to have your own time let's just wait so they push back Please. the date and then apparently he did like more work on the album and it was like really experimental like very like just tried everything like every okay. different genre just put it all together tried it all in one album yeah and the album was finally released after like three years of them pushing it back mm-hmm. and apparently it just flopped <laughs> it just oh. did not sell very well was not good and that was the first and last album that he ever made as oh a solo goodness. artist yeah oh god really sad it must be so hard because the thing is with music here is that like, i feel like you go into the music industry yeah because you you love music and you have talent you you have a talent you have a gift you can write you can whatever mm. and it's like it's so much more than that like you when you're in like the music business it your talent and your love for music is like the least of it it's not enough it's it's literally not enough you have to look a certain way, unfortunately. Um, and like we are seeing... But even if you look, or even if you look all that way, like even if you have all those things and you're in the door now, you, you've been signed, mm. there's still things that are going to cause your album to not go the way you want. Yeah. Like, it's politics. It's about, it's, there's just so much more to it than, oh, I wrote a lovely song and it's here true. you go. Like I feel like you have to get to a, a really high level and really be running your own shit in order to like have autonomy over what you're doing yeah and even then like the documentary you could still find yourself in a very very shitty deal exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) speaking of which they go and get their contracts looked at by this lawyer yeah and it's like bro like why didn't you do this before right your uncle is a lawyer yeah yeah we didn't hear about no family feud so as far as we know you and this uncle are cool yeah and the uncle's like listen this contract is messed up the worst contract he's ever seen what Lou did yeah he made himself the sixth member of NSYNC. Is this not madness? He's smart. That guy is really smart. He is not smart. He is cunning. Yeah, yeah. okay. And yeah. he is deceitful. And he's devious and he's <laughs> manipulative, yeah. But he is brilliant, okay? Yeah, he's and so he, smart. Like, how like, did you think crazy. of doing that? Because now everything was massively split by six, yeah? And then um, he's also like... Um, standing by this decision when they find out because he's basically listen like yeah cool you think this is a big aha moment yeah but like actually i'm helping you out because you don't have to pay a manager or a record label because that basically comes out of my sixth so it's like you're already paying for it out of Mm. my sixth of whatever yeah so lou also tells them that like they're in a lot of debt and that's why they only got 10k like it's going to be a long time before you see any money and lance bass tells us this is when they learn the word recoupable that's when we learn the word recoupable uh, that's a word that's never been in our vocabulary until this moment. And the lawyers were explaining to us, well, the reason you're in debt is because, you know, they spend this money on your record pressing. Then they, you know, you had this concert, the rent for the house. Oh, all those dinners, those lavish dinners that Lou was taking you to that you were thanking him for. That's your dinners. You were paying for it. Everything basically you've been living for free. Yeah, you were paying for it. Essentially. You actually didn't get it for free. 
you actually didn't get it for free. I didn't give it and this to is you. what I'm saying. I did you gave it to you. <laughs> but I, I, I wrapped it up and so now I'm saying it's like I gave it to you kind of thing. Cause it's like if you had just told them that, yeah, maybe they would decide, actually guys, you know, let's let's do economy. Like maybe yeah. they would have adjusted what it is they wanted yeah. to do. Maybe let's just get a tour bus. Maybe let's not fly. Like yeah. or you know, let's not have this ten bedroom mansion. Let's just get a couple of you know, three bed apartments. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Let's get some tents. <laughs> so they decide to file a lawsuit, yeah. And everyone's like, Oh mate, you don't know Lou, like he's gonna win. Um and NSYNC is gonna be over, right? And so they're kind of like, Oh shit, like should we do it, should we not, should we do it, should we not? Cool. Put a pin in that. We get into Lou Pearlman and who he was, okay? Because of course it wouldn't be a documentary if we didn't go back and learn about the bad guy. Okay. So we meet David and Danny Levenstein, who were his childhood friends. I don't know if they're related, unquote, unquote but friends. I'm guessing yeah, literally, they knew him. Um, I think that they were probably brothers or something, but apparently yeah. they were his only friends. We get the typical stuff. He didn't fit in. He was picked on a lot. And, like, he only had one friend. There's a bit where Danny's like, oh, you know, Lou only had one friend. And I thought he was going to say himself. And he was that like, guy was this guy not could... on it. <laughs> he was like... This guy called Alan Gross. He was like, why am I here? I don't know why they put the lower third as friend, but hey-ho. I mean, acquaintance would have been, or childhood acquaintance would have been more It would have been like neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> Even acquaintance is a bit strong. So we meet this Alan Gross guy, and he basically tells us that him and Lou were basically close as kids, and they loved blimps. And, like, Alan's really cute. Yeah. Um, he thought of Lou as, like, a brother, and they would just look at blimps together, and they were just, like, the outcasts, but, like, they had their little tribe, which yeah. is cute. Do you know what I mean? See, I really felt for that guy, because, like, you could see that he looked quite genuine, and he looked, like, you know, like, yeah. someone that was just kind of, like, oh, this guy's very similar to me, we have the same interests, like, kind of yeah. included him when everybody else didn't. Yeah. And, and like, he felt like he'd found, like, a, not a soulmate, but yeah, like just a soulmate, a, like a, someone who... A buddy, a partner. Yeah, someone who, like, fucks with the things that I fuck with yeah. and, like, someone who, like, likes what I like. So this bit now, we hear about how entrepreneurial Lou was, okay? So, David... <laughs> this guy's not been good from childhood. So when I say sometimes you're just bad vibes, yeah, to even as a child, like, you're bad vibes. Yeah. It's you bad to the bone, yeah? Not so David Levin... <laughs> <laughs> not with a H, not bad with a H. And so David Levenstein had a paper route. And the story goes, yeah, emphasis on story, that David is done with the paper route. He wants to leave. So he offers to sell the paper route to Lou for $500, okay? And Lou is like, do you know what? Cool. I'm going to buy bare paper routes. I'm going to hire delivery boys to deliver them for me. Like, I'm going to have a paper route empire. Yeah. And then he's like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to personalize these deliveries. So it's like, oh, do you want it left on the lawn? Do you want it left in the post box? Do you want it left in the window? Like, whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, you know what? On top of this, yeah, because I'm so brilliant, I'm going to add donuts to the delivery. I'm going to do a deal with Dunkin' Donuts. And like Vicky said, yeah, I hate to say it. But he really is smart because that's an amazing idea. Mm. Like you want donuts or coffee with your mm. newspaper instead of you having to go out and get it. Why don't I just bring your newspaper along with that? Let me partner with Dunkin' Donuts and we can get all of this sorted. So it's like amazing. Like he he's able to pay David back his 500 pounds, well, dollars with interest, right? And he makes a huge profit. And I'm just like, rah, like this is actually mad. Like some people are actually genuinely very, very entrepreneurial. Mm. And then we meet David to camera today and he's like... It's total bullshit. I didn't sell him the paper out. 
He had nothing to do with the paper route. That did not happen. <laughs> that did not happen. He was like, you can't sell paper routes. Like, what? He's like, what? He's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you actually talking about? And it's so funny because in the documentary, yeah, I beg you, watch it. It's on YouTube, yeah. They do this whole like, animation, all the all the music and stuff. And then yeah. it's just like, it's record scratch. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> It was just the way his face was just like you can't you couldn't sell them like I was no believe- that I that literally was they had me they had me in the first half yeah mm. I literally was like raw like amazing that's brilliant like as a child crazy like how did he do that David said everybody facial front this is bullshit <laughs> a lot of people say about him that he would just dodge questions like he was just one of those people that like would just talk around a subject and wouldn't actually get to the point mm. of the question like very he simple. would brag. Yeah, very slippery. Like, he would brag a lot about stuff and, like, people didn't really believe him. But one time, he says that his cousin was Art Garfunkel from Simon and Garfunkel. Which and is no one believes him. <laughs> First of all. Nobody, no one believes him, obviously, because they're like, what the fuck? But then, like, he's like, yeah, he's going to be at my bar mitzvah. And then, like, he's there. He actually showed up. He actually shows like, up. That, that honestly, like, he must... I still don't really know if he actually is his family or he found a way because like it seemed to me that his parents were like gave him everything his dad had a good business maybe they were wealthy and they had some connections oh, maybe so they paid I, him to yeah, be there I, and that's what I still I don't really know they didn't really clear that up but like oh from, that actually would make sense from what it sounded like when his dad had his very like successful business and, and his parents yeah. like doted on him gave him everything and then also being an only child yeah he could have yeah. you know and also being this kind of manipulative person he could have actually yeah. been like hey for my bar mitzvah you know yeah i would love it if he came this guy could come and, and it's like they, made it they don't know under what guys yeah they, yeah because he was like he loved music he loved singing he loved all of that anyway so he could have just been like oh you know this would just make my whole day yeah and he could have just got them to find him but at the same time, he could have been telling the truth. Like, he could have been his family. That's not his family, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan and Lou start a blimp company, yeah. And it's doing all right for a bit. But Lou basically starting to deceive clients, right? So, he gives them old blimps instead of new ones. And he does this with this famous um, jeans company called Jordash. And he insures the um, the blimp and it crashes. And as a result, he gets $3 million, yeah. And Alan is starting to suspect, right, like, this is giving insurance fraud, yeah. yeah. And, like, Alan today, you know, he's cute and nice and everything. But he's kind of like, oh, where was me? Like, I didn't know. And I'm like, bro, like, if you guys are in business together and it's the two of you, like, why are you not more involved yeah. in, like, the happenings and the goings-on of what's going on? Like, there's only so much ignorance you can feign. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, at this point, um, you're an adult. Yeah, you're grown and this is your business as mm. well. This is a 50-50 thing. But this is the beginning and the end of their relationship and their friendship. Their business relationship and their friendship. It's really sad, And Alan it? still seems really hurt. Yeah, it's really sad. But um, Lou now uses this money that he makes from this quote-unquote insurance scam to make a bigger blimp company. He has huge clients, including McDonald's, yeah. Uh, and from that, he starts Transcontinental Airlines. He's also selling stock options and retirement accounts with Transcontinental Airlines. And like, at this point, I'm like, Ra, where are we going? Like, I did not see at the documentary all. going here. I thought we were just going to be doing bye, 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 bye. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be... It was like when I was watching it and they got to the point where they had only made 10 grand and they realised the contract was so shady. So I was thinking, rah, this was the con. 
right? I was thinking like, mm-hmm. this is the, what he did to them. This is what was so bad. But I still had like, like an hour left and I was like, really, what else are they going to talk yeah. about? You're like, and where then, are we going? Yeah, and then it got to this whole like stocks thing and I was like, oh. Wait a damn minute. It's yeah. deep. It's We meet some of these people who invested very in deep. Transcontinental That Airlines. lady, that, that older lady. Oh, yeah, that her husband died. him. Oh, 100%. Of course she did. Of course she did. Rubbish in my husband's memory and anyhow. And that poor woman, yeah. Like, her husband passed away. He was in the war. She was showing all of his yeah. medals. He was a prisoner of war. Yeah. He survived that, only to come and be scammed by Luke. Come and on. And they wanted like. to, like, leave a legacy for their children. And then they didn't have Mate. anything. Wow. The idea of this whole thing is to invest and see a return, right? So Lou's doing all of this while, like, while he's running like Battery Boys NSYNC so he's kind of leveraging this clout and we kind of hear later about like how people were kind of like oh yeah like I own part of NSYNC or I own part of Battery Boys because they have invested with the person who owns them but we get we get back to this later on right for now we go back to the bands and the contracts and the trash and stuff like that right but luckily the lawyers find like a little a little glimmer of hope a little out right the contract is void if Lou um didn't sign them to an american label within a certain amount of time and luckily for them they had been signed to a german label oh yeah i forgot about that yeah so they're like great we can get out of our contract yeah. right so they they tell louis this or louis and they tell like lou this and he sues them right he sues them for the name nsync yeah the lawsuit is 150 million dollars hmm. these men made 10k yeah, over three years. Yeah, that's like three point three k a year. Where's this money gonna come from? Hmm. So <laughs> now we meet Cheney Mason, a dickhead, lose lawyer, and this guy. For those who are familiar with the case, he represented Casey Anthony. So that told me all I need to know. Yeah, yeah I was I, this man. I didn't know about that case, and then I googled it, mate. Wow. He represented her. Yeah. He was on her side. I yeah. said, okay, cool. That says all I need to know about you. And now you're representing Lou. Okay, cool. I feel nothing for you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically saying that, you know, oh, the bands wanted to cut Lou out and it seemed really unfair because he'd invested so much money into them. And like we see this interview with Lou and bearing in mind, yeah, because this is just how I watch documentaries now. Like I struggle to just watch them as they are. I'm always thinking, hmm, why have we not seen this person yet? Because we've not seen Lou during the documentary. Mm. And all the footage that we've seen of him is like, really old yeah. so i'm like okay either he's really on bad terms with everyone or like he's no longer with us because yeah mm. so in the interview that we see lou says the kids should take a step back and say how did i get here who took the risk who put up all the money who's my real big papa and him saying big papa reminded me of kim Zosiak. did you watch real housewives back then <laughs> yeah i was like big papa <laughs> Close your legs to marry men. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, you know. What a bad memory. Gives us fun. But he's like, yeah, like, I put everything into this. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. I hear that, yeah. But, like, these men are literally working for free, rehearsing, performing. They mm. are the face. They're making you so much money and you gave them 10K. So They're working I don't for care. 35 pounds a day. Can you imagine? Or dollars, whatever. Dollars even less. <laughs> well, I don't know what the rates are saying now. But the judge is like, bro, how can you... Lou, yeah, say that you are in sync when my daughter has their poster on her wall and you're not on it. Yeah. yeah? So the judge, she sides with NSYNC. Bachelor boys do a similar thing, but a bit differently. So they basically just say, John, fuck it. Here's one sixth of everything. Piss off. Yeah. Mm. So now Lou is out of both bands. Okay. 
So there's a little bit where um, they talk about NSYNC because they're free now, and it they talk about how they came up with their album title, No Strings Attached. I love this album, first of all. Yeah, same. It's the one with bye bye bye. bye and this bye. this video, it's, it's the with song, yeah, yeah. It's it's back. I need to listen to that album, man. I, it's amazing. Honestly, like when they explained that, I was I was watching that like no way this yeah. is where that it, it makes sense because they were in london at the time brap brap shout out to london town yeah <laughs> shout out to my city yeah and so they're in a cab yeah and they are basically like oh yeah like we're free from lou like no strings attached yeah and remember the music video where they're like the puppets it's yeah, like the puppeteer it was i was like oh my god like it makes so much sense yeah. and that's the album that really made them like blow that's their like, biggest album that's their biggest yeah. album and it's just like oh my god like literally free of the chains and it, it, it's, it's really mad to think that that song that we as like what 14 year olds running around singing doing bad bad probably bah. younger yeah probably that was because of lou perlman yeah like that is just in, an incredible yeah. like as much as i don't rate him and i don't like him like thanks do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but lou goes on to create other bands one a girl band called innocence one called C note, take five, which I knew of. LFO, O Town. None of them really no, blew quite the off. same. They take didn't five, pop off. I remember actually listening to. I remember take five. Yeah. I remember take five. They were pretty big um, actually, but n- none else. Yeah. So now we're here with Aaron Carter, and obviously uh, Nick Carter, his brother, had worked with Lou before. Aaron Carter works with him when he's ten. His album sells five million copies. Yeah, and I remember him in the Lizzie McGuire movie. He's like, I yeah. want candy. Dun, dun. Oh, it's so sad like r.i.p man yeah. proper proper sad um so now we find out remember i said that lou is responsible for something else yeah he is the one who started making the band yeah well was it him or was it because it, of him they actually did the show no he started making is the band it? I, didn't, I didn't and then diddy that. did a, a variation of it spin-off yeah but Lou, because I was like, nah, I'm sure Diddy, look at him trying to steal from a black man again, yeah? I was like, I'm sure Diddy. <laughs> but I Googled it, Lou, so Lou and someone the, else. like the executive producer on the show. He yeah. made the show. Lou and someone else. It's there, like, if you type making the band, it comes up with Lou Pearlman That's and whoever the other person wants. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an amazing idea, yeah, honestly, because such this a good was around show. the time of, um, it's just sad that he's a shit person because his brain is amazing. Yeah. Like, mixing the bands the boy band music thing you know the trend is dying down but like reality tv is picking up so mixing the two like it's brilliant and knowing how much people want to be famous like there would be a never-ending stream of content yeah you would never it's like like, the audition like american let's talk model yeah like season after season after season find something that people want to do make it seem like it's accessible and then mm. it's like just continue it forever and then Literally, give them formula. you know two two fame maybe and that's it one platinum song that's enough and that's enough yeah. 15 minutes here 15 minutes there so um all the bands that he creates have shit contracts and a lot of the members are here telling us yeah i was told it was a bad contract but I signed yeah it anyway. these people and I'm just are like, just annoying all right then get off my screen especially that that woman from innocence what's her name nikki something she was the most annoying one. Like I was like, girl. She went to her own lawyer and the lawyer said, if you sign this, this is career suicide. And she said, I still signed it. She said, okay, I thanks. was like, why are you paying you me? Why are you paying a lawyer? Anything? Well, you're not going to take their advice. But some people want to be famous more than the money because of what fame kind of and that, you. And so that, to me, is terrifying. Yeah. People who just want to be famous, they terrify me. Yeah. You're actually a mad person. Because you don't really have anything to lose. 
there's this whole bit about Lou basically being a predator. Okay, I had yeah. a feeling it would go here because boy bands. I, do you know guy. what? When I started watching it, I and I wrote this down actually because it was like really st- like stood out to me. I was like, he's coming across as like a creepy weird guy mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. may be a bit of a predator mm-hmm. and as the beginning of the documentary was going on and it kind of got to the bit about him you know just being shady with the contract i was like mm-hmm. vicky you really prejudged this guy like yeah he wasn't a good person but he didn't sexually assault anyone or he wasn't a pedophile. yeah like why jump there yeah and yeah. i was like just because he doesn't look like somebody who is all the way put together it doesn't mean that he's he's gonna do that and i, I said to myself like that's not fair and yeah. then it came up and I was like, ah, always listen I to your it. gut. Always listen it's to It's like your gut. SK from Love is Blind, yeah? I haven't finished it. I, you haven't finished Love is Blind? No. Stop where you are. Stop right there. Thank you very can much. Can you take your headphones off for a second so I can talk to the people? <laughs> <laughs> take, you know take them off I've right now. I've already seen a spoiler. Take them off right now. Okay. Wait. Just. Okay. Take them off. <laughs> Okay, now it's just us. So I, SK just never sat well with my spirit. Yeah, he just didn't. I just, I just don't know what it was. I was like, this guy, it doesn't sit well with me in it. But then him and Raven did their thing. The reunion came. I said, okay, cool. Who am I? Maybe their men are in love and they're going to figure it out. Maybe timing was just wrong. And then all this Twitter stuff comes out. Yeah, about the cheating and the this and the that. I said, yeah, I knew it. I knew my spirit was correct. Okay, come back, girl. Okay, I just heard like welcome back. Okay, good. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, so yeah, so he's basically a predator. So they say, right? Basically, things like telling the boys to take off their shirts and show their abs, and him just being really touchy feely, and everyone's a bit uncomfortable. There's all these rumors, but there's no confirmation. And at the time, Lance is like closeted. He's not come out yet, and he's kind of like, you know what? Maybe Lou's just gay, but he's closeted. Mm. He's not a paedophile. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't like, know how just... to like express it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's a member of O-Town that tells us about this weird experience that he had when Lou was like massaging him like a really strange way. And then we get Aaron Carter. My opinion of Lou being a sexual predator is that that is not true. That is so foul. He would come up to you and he'd teach you how to do push-ups. He taught me how to do diamond push-ups so I could build my chest. And he's a pedophile? Shut up about that, guys. And like, Aaron, I, I I feel kind of like a way, like it's a bit uncomfortable them using him in this documentary because it's like, he's really passionate about this. Um, and he's, he just, he just, he doesn't seem okay, right? Yeah, he's the only one that had like anything good to say about Lou. And with so much vim, yeah. he, was also the, he was the youngest when coming into contact yeah. with, with. I think so- you, you, you can clearly see in that clip that he's not doing well. Yeah. And then also add in the knowledge of we that we have now all these exactly. years but later. When I first when I first watched this, he hadn't died. Ah, he was alive. Okay, so I watched it the week after the news came out. I had, so I watched it twice. First time I watched it, he was alive, mm. and I was like oh this like he just doesn't seem like i really hope he's okay like he just doesn't seem okay and this documentary is from like three years ago and it was just kind of like oh like i don't know like i just feel a way i i i I understand the importance for him being able to like 
be part of the documentary and tell his story and say what, how he feels about things because mm. I do think it, it it's like then it's not dogpiling all on Lou all on Lou but he just and even later on in the in the documentary there's a bit where I'm just like ah oh, this is really uncomfortable like I wish that someone had been like do you know what Aaron you we don't have to, to do it. this yeah yeah we don't we don't have to do this but for all we know he really wanted to be so I don't and, know but, but Aaron. I feel like what he was saying, like, I feel like he was being genuine. It's just, how can you out of 30 man be the only one saying this guy was good? It's not even that for me, yeah. I believe that he believes that it was good, but even the things that he was saying, he taught me how to do push-ups, he was this, he was that. It's like, okay, but Aaron, step back and look at what Everything it is that else. you're saying. Yeah. Like, look at, look, look at what, what it is that you're saying, like... I don't know. It was just, yeah. I think he's just coming from a place of without this guy. Yeah, I, yeah. He changed my life. He yeah, he, exactly. He and how gave dare me you? The opportunity to have a life that was worth living. Yeah. And I feel like for people who um, don't necessarily have the ability to see wider perspective and to sort of like see people fully you know mm-hmm. for the good and the bad that they do mm-hmm. i think it's really easy to to get into that space of well this person changed my life yeah and also feeling of, like and also feeling like alone yeah, in in it. that and yeah. like you know i was young and i was touring and traveling and stuff like how many friends do you really have yeah. like what's your village like really yeah like, your village are probably your parents who, who came with you and then lou and, and it seemed like his parents only cared about their kids just being famous because he said like yeah. his brother when he was in Backstreet Boys he finished like they didn't see like him like year 8 or year 9 or whatever and then didn't just didn't see him again yeah and then yeah. his mum pushed him into like stardom I agree I, I mean that's what I'm saying I do think that Aaron was very vulnerable mm. even here Um, so it was really uncomfortable to watch but we get this member of LFO telling the story about Lou um, on Howard Stern and we basically hear it so essentially the story goes they're going to do business in Europe but he says that this guy might want to touch your penis it's how they do business over there and I really don't want you to mess it up so you can practice with me before you go but don't tell anyone it's 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 just mad it's it's predatory it makes me however you spin it flip it dice it it's predatory yeah and these guys are like young okay cool they're probably like 18 plus so it's kind of like oh well they're old enough but still it's very weird no. and we've, we've spoken on this podcast many times about power dynamics and like consent and like it doesn't coercion, matter. all that kind of stuff yeah. exactly and you're barely so, an adult yeah like exactly 18, like 18 you are just an adult like just you're legally an yeah. adult but in case you still weren't sure, we hear about this girl uh, from the band and he had like a tanning bed that they would all use. He had cameras in the tanning bed and really all over the house. But he would show the boys the videos of the girls getting naked before going to tan. And again, creepy. And again, Aaron Carter is back and he doesn't agree. Oh, 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 right, right. Where's that footage? Why didn't she soon? Exactly. Because it's all lies. I went in that tanning bed all the time. My mom did too. She searched through it before she would let me go through it for cameras. So did my dad. And it's like, Aaron, like... Come on. Yeah, he's 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 not okay. And I don't think that this is helping. But yeah, again, I don't know the in and outs of his life and everything. But like, he just... If you watch the documentary, like, he just doesn't sound okay, right? Mm. So, Lou's success grows and grows. He has all these companies. He even gets given the key to the city at one point And he's doing really well. 
there's one company that he purchases it's like some modeling agency like he's the company he buys but as he's buying it like it's being investigated for um pretending to be a modeling agency basically they're scamming people under the guise of like hey come and be a model right and so so many people complained that the fbi was like okay fuck it let's do an investigation so that's the company that lou bought right cool so it's almost like he inherits the investigation but also he's very dodgy so you know i'm not sorry for him also lou is besties with this guy called charlie christ right and they bring this up like just sort of like randomly he is the attorney general at the time and he's also running for governor and that name just i was like i know this name i know this name yeah and the reason i know this name is because in episode 53 we did a documentary called outrage and he was in it yeah and he was trashed then and he's trashed now no way yeah and it's so interesting doing all these documentaries because sometimes you see like repeat people around the same time yeah they're all, this is all around the same t- yeah and yeah. they're like rah so you really were out here just and like, they being, all know each other all way or they all help and they each all other. know each other yeah. speaking of them all knowing each other because of this relationship that they have in terms of knowing each other um lou is able to basically buy his way out of this investigation because that fbi agent is told listen we don't need your services anymore like chill and she's with us today in the documentary and she's annoyed because she's like bro like if this was investigated properly this like quote-unquote little thing yeah then what happened later wouldn't have happened Mm, right mm. we're now back with the investors normal people mostly retired putting their like funds into this transcontinental airlines or their life savings all their life savings yeah and they all tell us the same thing like they're not getting any statements they're not getting any checks and this reminds me of the um real housewives episodes i did with annette a couple of weeks ago where like these lots invested yeah and they weren't getting any paperwork about their returns they weren't Mm. getting anything and they're having to chase these people someone who was initially very attentive and very like caring and very like oh i'm coming off the phone now because i need to speak to you you're really important to me they can no longer access this person they can no longer you know speak to this person it's a shame it's such a shame but now Lou's lawyer, Cheney Mason, that dickhead that represented <laughs> Casey Anthony, yeah. He now tells us, and long story short, because at this point I was like, I'm not here for your tears, like Crimea River, yeah. Um, he ends up Lou ends up cheating Cheney, right? And so because of that, he decides to sue Lou. Okay. So Lou hired him because he was suing NSYNC. He cheats uh the lawyer. The lawyer now sues Lou and wins 16.5 million. I just feel like God should have dealt with that guy more. What, the lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, Lou Pellman is the the OG, the, the OG villain in this story. Yeah, but, but like, they're secondary villains. How can you, like, choose to be slimy in your career? And then... It's like people that like... Complain when you get cheated. Yeah, that's exactly... This is, this is the caliber of people that you're dealing exactly with. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was like people who sleep with somebody else's wife and then they get into a relationship and then they're upset when she cheats on them again. It's like, how did you man meet? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Lest we forget. What did you expect from this person? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. my... Like, my and I think it's a level of, like, narcissism because it's like, yeah, 20%. <laughs> it's a level of narcissism because it's like, you just feel like you're above this person doing these things to you. Mm. It's but like when people true. are... They're not, they're not, they're not empathetic um, or even sympathetic to people. Like, oh, so they've gone through something. Unless, like, they think that, oh, it can never be me. Or, like, yeah. oh, like, I... Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like they... 
he he he's not getting that sixteen point five million. Basically, well, he, he doesn't get it. Lou doesn't have it. <laughs> Lou doesn't have it. And he's getting all these loans from banks and stuff. And I'm like, bro, like, but the the thing with Lou, yeah, is that like he seems like he's rich because if you look at the lifestyle that he has, yeah, mm. this is the same thing with Tom Girardi. Like they give off rich because of the life that they live, yeah. But so the investors are like okay cool like he's got money so we just basically need to find the money and get it back because clearly he's got money listener they do not get their money back okay because it's a ponzi scheme right oh. and apparently there's over two thousand investors what like how did he even build that network i mean what? It's, i mean i can see it but it's, it's just like so disappointing it's it's mad and lou Lou, we've said it. Lou's not stupid. Then he says, "You know what? The jig is up. He flees." Yeah, I'm out the here. He said, <laughs> said skr, like there's <laughs> sightings of him everywhere, like all over the world." And then we get this tip, and this guy's like, "Oh, the person you're looking for is in Bali." So they send agents to Bali. Meanwhile, the guy who called the tip is like, "Hello, where are you? Like this guy's right here. I'm at breakfast. I'm looking He's at right him. here. <laughs> Look, here's a picture. I'm looking at him. Yeah." He sends them a picture of Lee, yeah? And in the picture, you can literally see the FBI agents on the table, like, next to him. Just having unaware breakfast. That he's there. Just having breakfast. Just like, having breakfast. What kind of happenstance is that? I, it's mad. Like, sometimes the truth is really stranger than fiction. Like, honestly, it's crazy. <laughs> so they arrest him, yeah? And um, he pleads guilty to a bunch of charges and gets sentenced to 25 years, yeah? So That's he's in jail, bad man. It's not enough. But he dies so in 2016 he dies eight years into his into his sentence did they say how he died uh no and i didn't investigate fair enough but yeah that's the documentary mad story it's actually very crazy it's crazy so many victims the maddest thing that i experienced watching it and i feel like if you haven't watched it you should definitely watch it because i felt like i think so when i was watching it i was like oh right so the con is he had this dodgy um contract music contracts and yeah. he was you know kind of like scamming the artist in a way and mm-hmm. then they kind of show you more about um this investing stuff and you realize that he did the inv- he did the boy bands so he could pay some of the investors yeah for and like show that he's making money from that yeah but then you like oh so they but they invested in the trans continental airlines and that general the transcom business because mm-hmm. he started the blimp company he started this, pr- this 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 private jet company and then we deep that the private jet company wasn't even real that he Listen used to one me. of the models we're gonna wait 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 we're gonna get into that oh, right now okay. because it's time for the real crime i think was the beard our segment where we talk about something during a documentary that may not be criminal but we definitely consider to be a crime i have three Okay. okay. Have you got any? I'm going to do mine and you and can think I'll about see, yours. Yeah. You can think about yours. So the real crime, I think, first of all, was the name Transcontinental Records. <laughs> because what are you saying? Yeah. Because even our talking head is like, so mean? is there one on every continent or what is it? What are you saying? It's a made up company. What are you saying? Yeah. yeah. The real crime, I think, was Lou's story about the paper round. Because why would you lie unprovoked like that? Why was the lie so elaborate? Yeah. Why would you do that, yeah? Madness. It just painted the picture of his madness. Like, it, from, and I was he, so happy he, he did that. He from was, childhood. Yeah, that's it. Like, from, from when he was a, a kid. And when was he was a young wayward. boy. Literally. The real crime, I think, yeah, was pretending that his airlines were actually airborne. Because, honestly, 
as Vicky said, yeah, he never had any planes, okay? What he was doing was leasing planes by the hour as if they were his planes, yeah? And then Alan tells us about a time where, like, he held up a model plane, yeah? He went to the airport, LaGuardia Airport, yeah? And he held up a plane by the tail, the little bit at the end, yeah? He held it up by that and literally put it in the air and took a picture and then cropped his hand out. So it looks like one of his planes is taken off with the transcontinental airline. In the airport? In the actual air, yeah? But actually, there is no such plane. There was no such airline. So these men are investing in nothing. And the maddest part is... Throughout the whole documentary, they're like showing that that photo constantly. Yeah. You're seeing it. You're thinking yeah. like, "Oh, this is a real, yeah, airline. This is real business." But then it was weird because, and I screenshot it. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to show you because if you look at the picture, go on my Instagram. It'll be up there now. Yeah, if you look at our picture at the picture, it literally looks like an an aeroplane is taking off. Yeah, and it's literally a model. And like the saddest part of it is that like Alan made that model. Yeah. And then he used it and then cut him from all of the business, from everything. Really sad. I do have a real crime, I think, Go actually. On. So for me, let me consult my notes. I forgot <laughs> what his name is in NSYNC. Chris Kirkpatrick. Mm. What the hell were those braids? <laughs> The braids and the dreads. I don't remember. I don't remember. If I if that. I had seen that, that would have definitely been mine. Let me Sis. find what's oh his name. Oh my gosh, Chris that is that is the biggest crime. Like nobody told you stop, stop that. No one, not one. Don't person. you ever wonder why these people? Wait, is it N- is it NSYNC? Yes, Chris Kirkpatrick. I can't see them. Maybe type on like, Oh you know, my god. Yes. Oh my god. I remember now. Oh my god. That's gonna be on the on the socials because people also oh need to see the horror. My god. Of those braids or <laughs> no. dreads or whatever the How hell did I actually wear. miss that? How did I miss that? Like I watched the documentary twice and I just kept I just No, could and not he's even got it in he's got it in the two. It's he's bad. got it in the two. It's he's really, got it in the really two. bad. That's that's the biggest crime. But for me, the biggest crime. Yeah, that was actually the real. I, I, I rescind all others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was actually remarkable. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Next time, I will be back with another amazing guest while Forend is on her hiatus. And we will be covering Hulu's new documentary, God Forbid. And I'm not going to lie, I've seen it and it's mad. I'd actually heard of this story before, yeah. But like, watching the documentary on it, I said, nah this is crazy i cannot wait to cover it um for my uk girlies who want to watch it i was able to watch it on disney plus um but i just used yeah i used the vpn and set my location to canada so i hope that helps you watch it you can find it like that um i also did a tiktok about it um there's not really specific spoilers on that but it gives you an idea of what's going to happen to see if you'd be into it but it's actually crazy like i'm excited to be able to do an actual episode on it so i can talk about it in full yeah with another special guest so i'm yeah, definitely gonna watch that before i listen to the episode it's it's uh, watch that watch the vpn hack because i will yeah will vpn yeah vpn set it to canada i think you can set it to canada or australia and it will come up on disney plus because i was like oh now i need to get hulu again i was like how many fucking streaming <laughs> services am i gonna have like <laughs> But yes, yeah, so that should work for my UK girlies or whoever is not in the US or whatever. They should work wherever you are. 
Great. So, uh, yeah. Um, in the meantime, between time, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Two Girls One Doc, um, at Two Girls One Doc Podcast on TikTok, and Two Girls One Doc at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram, share with a friend, rate us, la 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 la. Uh, where can they find you? Do you want to be found? No, thank you. Not really. Okay, well, <laughs> you can find her on our Instagram because that's where I'm going to post her beautiful face. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, till then that's Ciao. it yeah uh, anything you want to say to the people then this was really fun i had a really fun time obviously i'm like, glad you're my you bestie did, so it was nice catching up chatting Eww. Um, Eww. and i can did you watch drag race i didn't i watched oh, the last okay. week what what who oh when they did the double save that was a such a weird episode yeah it wasn't good what happened again it was that stupid oh, it was the acting challenge thing. the squirrel games yeah yeah, but the acting challenges are always just so No, weird, but like, this was really bad. Like, what was that? Yeah. I didn't enjoy it at all. It was like Hunger Games slash Big Brother slash some. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. weird yeah. It was really weird. And I, I kind of suspected they were going to do a double save. I think the storyline is that they want to uh, give Jumbers that... Um, Redemption arc. Yeah, but also, like, the opportunity to really show who Jumbers is and, you know, build... They've given her a really shit edit. Like, I feel like it's, like... Intentionally, Bullying though. adjacent. But I think it's intentional so that, like, we can see Jumbers' um, self-esteem build. And I feel like he's they, going to go they tore down next. Like, he's not going to... He's not going to win... But I think what they're trying to do is is be like, listen, anybody can get to the top. I don't know about the self-esteem thing because I feel like they basically tore down her self-esteem and they're like, okay, great, now we're going to build it up. What was the point of all that? Because she was fine. She was loving herself. Okay, cool. Rue was like, you know, draw your lips a bit better. But she did. Do you know what I mean? And like, they're like, oh, we don't know who you are. Who are you giving? And it's like, babes, I'm giving fashion, which she is. Yeah. I think And all Pixie is doing is, oh, I'm Pixie. It's it's just for the it's just for the drama of the whole show, isn't it? Like if it's not dramatic, then oh, it's I wish boring. you watched this episode. Yeah, is it really a gag? I mean, no. I just like I just enjoyed it. I probably will. I'll watch it probably. Probably watch it on Tuesday. It's okay. We'll discuss. Of course. But yeah. All right then. Let's be going. Bye. Bye. As a pool attendant, I would get hit on. But if I would have known that accepting this woman's invitation to go back to her hotel room would have led to a scandal involving the president of the largest Christian university in the world and the president of the United States, I would have walked away and just enjoyed my private life. The Falwells are the Southern Gatsby's. They're wealthy, powerful. With a Christian's communications empire. And they're sloppy. They have a public image, but behind the scenes... They're freaks. At the time, I didn't really know who they were. My brother was at the age of one of their sons. He started being friendly with the kids. They had no idea that their dad liked to record his wife. How did sex with me? <laughs> what is happening? Becky was in love with this kid. Jerry was looking at keeping his wife happy. 
They were bringing him into a world he couldn't imagine. Real estate, politics. He was on top of the world. I'm like, this is it. I have never heard of anybody buying some kid that they met at the pool for a half million dollar business. Like, what's going on? We have a very powerful endorsement coming. Jerry Falwell Jr. Trump didn't fit the model of the evangelical candidate. There was some sort of relationship between Falwell, the pool attendant, Trump, and Michael Cohen. He was paid to dig up dirt on people and control them with that dirt. I'm screwed. This is where it became dangerous. You don't know what lengths people are willing to go when they have so much to lose. If they wanted to make me disappear, they can do it. The Bowels are predators. Anytime you have sex and then makes religion, that's some nasty, nasty shit. It was an atomic scandal. Jerry Falwell writes, I was not involved. I know the truth about them, and the whole world is going to find out. 